What's up, everybody? Do you sometimes feel like you have conflicting wants, like maybe even conflicting selves, like maybe you should be checked into a mental hospital? Well, you're in luck because today's episode, we're going to be talking about our many conflicting selves, how to navigate them, and an even longer title that Danny came up with. Uh, this is the Existential Soak <laughs> Podcast. I'm Randy. Crazy That's luck. Danny. What's up, Danny? What's up, Randy? Yeah, so how did this uh, how did this topic come up? Well, okay, so it's funny because I was listening to something and they were talking about this like this psychologist and they're praising him how he like came up with this idea of many cells. And the first thing I thought was like, first of all, Nietzsche talked about that like two hundred years before this guy, totally. And I want to make that first want to point that out because he has this really interesting thing. I think it's in a, if I remember correctly, it's in Beyond Good Beyond Good and Evil maybe, but he talks about our ourselves like our character our personality being made up of many cells he calls it competing drives he actually refers to it as like a a society of these drives all at the table kind of and every now and then like whatever one's kind of dominating at the time that's like the one that you are identifying with that has power that's controlling you but all the other ones still exist and it's it's really funny because when you think about it like i can think especially like good examples that are really clear is like you know when i smoke cigarettes you know like I wanted to stop. There was a part of me that wanted to stop that saw myself to stop. But there's another part of me that also wanted to smoke. And it feels like there's two of you, right? Like it's like, and there's so many times in our lives where it feels like there's two or three or four of us in the same body. And he thought of it in terms of these drives, right? And this psychologist is talking about like, you know, I guess you might say more in modern terms, but I just thought the idea is really interesting because it is something we all I know I've struggled with, right? These multiple selves. And it's like we want to, if we could get them all like to come together, maybe we'd be like, you know, level-headed and clear and, you know. Maybe we would be rational. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> well, yeah, when when you were talking about that, I think of kind of like a clear example of the many selves that at least I uh, I exhibit would be like, okay, there's, there's the me at work. There's the me who's like at social events. There's the me who's by myself. There's the me who's in relationships. And it's like all of these are completely different people. And but like they all kind of have a thing. And sometimes it's like it can sometimes be kind of awkward because there's like I'm not naturally a sociable person, like naturally very introverted. I don't want to talk to anybody, but I can turn it on like 100 percent. People yeah, all yeah. the time comment about how I'm so extroverted and everything. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's just I'm just that's just make believe. But like so then I'll have people who know me from my real life where I'm very quiet, not very outgoing. And they'll come along with me to one of these events where I'm typically very outgoing. <laughs> and they're like, who is this guy? What are Who's you doing? Maniac. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Wait, no, but I think that's also a good example, right? We also have all these self concepts, like, you know, me at work, me as a, a brother, me as a father, whatever those things are. Right. And we take on these different roles. And I think thinking of it as our different selves, it's like, these different goals, different desires related to these different things that define us. We're, but we're the whole person. We're all of it. And it is weird because, like, I think some people you do meet that, like, yeah, you go to all these different things, work, home, social events, and they tend to be pretty consistent. And you see that. But others, you can tell, like, no, they're they're putting on, they're kind of bringing out another self for this event because they have to because their other cells can't don't want to deal with it right or they're anxious or whatever so they need that one to kind of well and it's really interesting it's an interesting thing i think it can be maybe helpful like in cases you're talking about where like you realize it so you're bringing out this other sort of drive that enables you to be 
sociable when you need to be, even though it's not necessarily what you want. But there's still another part of you going like, that's not me, you know, like kind of nervous, probably in the back, right? And it's it's difficult because you're like constantly then conflicting with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So what type of what type of uh, selves do you find uh, very very prevalent in your life right now? I mean, I know for myself, like I I always have like in terms of like my desires. I think a lot of times myself conflict, like especially to you know when it comes to like my long term goals, what I really want, what I know is needed to get there, and then like now, and this is common, right? Like. The comp, the pleasure now, the immediate pleasure satisfaction, those are always in conflict. And it's really, and I know like in order to get to that larger goal and how I see myself, I have to also keep those in check and deny those and not let them overtake me all the time. Right. Because otherwise I wouldn't work. Otherwise I wouldn't do what I need to do, even when I don't want to do it. And I think talking about this way is a helpful way to also understand, like, you know, we, we talked about being uncomfortable. Right. And all this, I think a lot of it is, is, recognizing these competing selves and starting to kind of piece them apart and understand them so that you understand yourself more. Yeah. When, when you were just talking about that, I was reminded of something because we have all these competing selves and they all kind of have like different objectives. They all have different goals that they're working on. They all want different stuff. And it reminded me back of, I listened to a podcast series by Naval Ravikant. And he was just very successful with Angel List, and he he basically and also he's like kind of like a very good thinker, rational. I don't know how he thinks, but anyways. So he was saying, you clearly. know, we can have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm clearly making this very easy to understand, but he was saying like we we can literally have everything in the world, but we can't have we can have anything, but we can't have everything. And the problem is that we get so distracted with all these other things that we never get anything done. So he's like, he, he's like, yeah. really, the only way to actually get anything done is to only care about one thing and just remind yourself, like, that's the one thing. You can change it later on. But like right now, this is the one thing that's actually important. Everything else, it comes up, it tries to bother me. And I just say, ah, whatever, because that's not the thing that I actually care about right now. And I did that in my life in one area. And it really helped change that area because I don't know how long it took, maybe like six months or a year for me to kind of work out this area in my life. But I it's made a that long, like, but yeah, it's not a short process. No, yeah, it never is. Yeah. But I made that my priority. And so other things would come up. My other competing selves would come up and they would be like, but what about this thing? And what about this thing? And what about this yeah. thing? And I'd be like, that's not what I'm caring about right now. Like I get it that it irritates me. I get it that it bothers me. I get it that I don't want it to be that way, but this is what I actually care about right now. And I found that I, I forgot about that until you were just mentioning it because that was like really, that was yeah. a really monumental year because I was able to make a lot of progress in a relatively short period of time. Well, no, you can when you do that. I think, you know, what you're talking about, it's, it's, it's very difficult because it takes a lot of self-control and discipline and it really takes allowing one of those, you might call it like a higher order value or something, you know, something that you really identify with to take the driver's seat the whole time. But I think for a lot of people too, it's like, it's almost like, you know, if you really think about it, it's almost like it's it's hard sometimes because it's almost like they don't even realize when they're switching cells sometimes. You know, it happens so fast, they overtake so quickly. And I think this is the thing that's really, I've learned myself at least too, especially like is being more aware of it and starting to really think about it and think about what I really value 
honestly, can be very helpful to start to quiet those other, you know, um, problematic voices and selves, I guess, you know, that get in the way to, to stop us from doing these things that we really don't want to do, but like a part of us does, but it's not the part that we really want to be or who we really identify with. You know, and it's like changing ourselves is hard. It takes time. And I think I like your example, as you said, like six months a year, like, and that's reasonable if you're putting all your time and effort into it, you know, like, this is not something you just like switch on and off. It's, it's difficult because it's something you've lived with your whole life. All of these are who you are. I mean, we're, you know, I, I think I used to like, oh, was it the Buddhists when they say meditation, you know, we untie the psychic knots. I always think of it in this respect too, of like getting all these cells kind of into coordination and like pulling them apart and then, you know, seeing who we really are, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I noticed that a lot recently where I have some very heavily conflicting selves because uh, on the one hand, I'm like trying to study very, very hard. Like, okay. So I love it. Uh, last week we were talking about it and you mentioned like, it's a cold, dark night on the side of Everest. So yeah. like that, I mean, that was the greatest saying because uh, I just, Okay, so I'm struggling super hard because I'm trying to learn all this stuff. Like, on top of programming, also doing a master's. And, like, I'm in my mind, I'm just like, well, I can do that. And I can also have a normal life, yeah. too. And I can also exercise yeah, right. and have relationships and build really successful businesses. And it's just like, no. Like, yeah. just this yeah. alone is, like, trying to climb Everest. And, and I'm, like, getting down on myself because, you know relationships are kind of taking like a back seat yeah. so i'm i'm dealing with some loneliness and like some burnout and then also from just doing this stuff over and over again it's kind of, i kind of feel like the boredom of just like every day is the same grind and like all this stuff and like that saying when you when you mentioned that maybe not the day you mentioned it but a couple of days after it i was like what do i expect like yeah. i'm trying to yeah. climb mount everest and like why would I expect it? It's not cold and dark and miserable. Like, what am I thinking? It's not a covered escalator, right? I mean, and it wouldn't. And I think I love that saying, too, because like it's like it wouldn't be important. It wouldn't be an accomplishment. It wouldn't be an achievement. It wouldn't you wouldn't grow from it if it did, wasn't hard. I mean, that's the whole point, right? I mean, in part, that's the whole point of it is to like, you know, eventually it'll be easier. Right. And I think, yeah, remembering that is important to keep you kind of on track. But like, I think, you know, this is this is the trick though too. I think like for me myself, I've noticed the same thing. You know, I'm really busy. I've had to push a lot of things aside. But I've noticed too, one of the things I've been doing a lot recently is really trying to pay attention to what really does matter. Like, like I love like this, I would never give up. Like seeing you every week, chatting, never give that up because it's like so important to my my week, who I am, my values, you know. And like so setting aside time to do those things and still be able to do all the other things that I want to do to accomplish my goals, I think is part of also dealing with those selves, right? You can't do everything. So you got to pick and choose and you kind of have to pick and choose like which desires, which goals that my competing selves have really matter to me. Because if I listen to all of them, I won't get anywhere. I'll just spin in circles, basically. One person will be driving, then another, then another, then another. And it'll just keep going on. Days will pass and, you know, we'll get stuck mm -hmm. in that loop. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious, do you think that it's beneficial to try and narrow down the number of selves that you have, or is it better to, or is it better to just kind of be compassionate with all of them, understanding that we're all complex beings and that we have all these things going on. 
Well, let me let me respond. I guess. In, I guess. See, well, well, one one thing I love that Nietzsche said was like he called it giving style to one's character, and he said he said it was a great and rare art. It's where one surveys all their strengths and weaknesses, right? All their different selves, and they arrange them in such a way where even the weaknesses delight the eye. So he says, like, essentially, like you don't remove any part because they're all part of you. But you give them structure, organization, so that even the weak parts of you are still a part of something greater, the whole that's put together well, right? They still have there's still a character there. I really like that idea because I think like it, it's not about just denying or being like a tyrant over the parts that we don't like because they're still a part of who we are. So you can't just get rid of them. And I think that idea of the many cells, like a lot of us think that like, oh, if I just focus this way or try, change myself into that person, it'll be better. But it's like, but you're going to lose yourself. You're not yourself. So that's still going to come back. Right. And you have to be aware of that. And I think so that I think is important. So I guess it refine. Yeah, I think I think that's probably being compassionate and trying to find a way to kind of like understand where these cells come from, maybe, and and how to how to work with them where they don't they don't drive all the time or maybe even at all but they get some sort of expression yeah i i really like that because it's like we i think we keep the selves because of the positive sides of them you know like i know i know for a fact like the the very outgoing part of myself that i can harness can be beneficial in certain situations and so like i use that but also it's got downsides to it too like i can be somewhat obnoxious in those situations and i can just be i can really yeah. not be very caring about people uh and i've seen those but like it's it's trying to it's like the yin and the yang trying to get both sides of it to where you can even like me personally uh one of the books that i'm reading recently is uh loving what is which is just this four-step huh. questioning pro- process by Byron Katie about just kind of like accepting reality as it is. And That's a good idea. Yeah. And so I for- I totally forget where I was going with this whole That's narrative. Okay. On it. <laughs> we'll still accept <laughs> it. will come back. Well, so you were going to say something. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's funny. Like, I mean, I even have come to realize, like, you know, I do. Have, I mean, I have an addictive personality for sure. But like, that actually, it's funny, that actually has benefits too, though, because when I am focused on a goal or I am interested in something like learning, I have a way of focusing on it that's like hyper-focused <laughs> that really works. Now, I mean, I can really retain information and stuff. And I do think it, I, I attribute it kind of in part to that because I have a tendency to attach things very strongly. I have to be very careful because it can go kind of awry very easily. But if it's, mm-hmm. if I might if I use it the right way, it can also be, a, it can also actually be almost like a benefit. And I think that's, yeah. that's, that's the trick, but it's hard. I mean, none of this is easy. You know, I mean, I'm 40 just figuring this. You know what I mean? Like, you know, as so I like, don't, yeah. it's not easy, but I think it's, it's, it's nice because you can come to terms with your whole self. And I think that's what we need to do because we are a many sided person. We're not just one thing. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great example because it's coming to grips with what could be perceived as a weakness, but finding the beauty in that and finding the strength in that. Uh, I did, I did remember what I was saying. So like the loneliness thing that I've been dealing with. So like, I, I mean, rationally, totally get it. It doesn't last for more than a day or two days at a time. Most of the time it's only for like a few minutes or a few hours or whatever, but like, it just feels like, ah, so low. But anyways, so this Byron Katie book, she talks about how like almost all of our suffering 
doesn't actually exist presently. It just exists because we're stuck in some story about the future or the past. Yeah. So like I get this feeling of loneliness and then I think back to these times in my life where I was really, really lonely and heartbroken and all this stuff. Or I think into the future and I'm going to be alone yeah. forever and all this stuff. So like I get totally lost, not in the present moment. So like what I've been practicing recently is when I'm feeling that and wanting to get rid of it, recognizing that that is some moment outside of right now and just kind of seeing like the beauty in the loneliness. Because I know for me personally, like in those in those sad movies, when you see the the hero or the heroine who's like all alone and their heart's broken, it's like. It's it's just such a like oh like that type of yeah, feeling. Yeah. And it's like I get to live that. Like I can actually do that <laughs> if I can be present instead of trying to fix the present the future of the past. No, I like what you say too. I think one of the things that we also I mean we've talked about so many times is like the emotions that overtake us. I mean, when they get in the driver's seat, it's really hard. And I think it takes, you know, it takes a lot of work to start identifying it and start working on it. So I think that that is really important. I like that one. Um but also, too, you know, I think it is just a matter sometimes of interpretation. Like everything's a matter of all the meaning we give to things we create. So I think a lot of times it's also about like if we assess all these cells, we can also flip the interpretation on them. We can change them into positives. It might not be perfect for the interpretation at first, but it might be a way to help manage, help progress, help change ourselves in the right ways where it's no longer it's not a burden anymore, but just a part of who we are, part of our nature, part, of, you know, and that's OK. I mean, I think, you know, that's, it's like, you know, it's funny. Like I know, I mean, I know in conversations, I can cut people off all the time talking. I, I kind of think fast and I want to say what I want to say. And I you and can I'll also just, fall asleep standing up. In yes, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I will project, you know, <laughs> I will project like, you know, what I think they're saying. Like, I'll just carry it forward in my head, whether I'm right or wrong. And like, just answer things. And, you know. It's frustrating as hell. It's annoying. I know it is. And I've tried to work on it. And, and it's, But it's also made me kind of try to be a much better listener. I think I'm getting better at it. So, I mean, realizing that too, like, even though that's a negative, like, and it's something I don't want to always do, it also could be helpful to kind of realize what we need to work on as well. And like, maybe help us like manage other parts. It is, it is hilarious sometimes. Like, once you start to see how funny of a character you are, like I know, yeah. I know that I have an issue with impatience. Like I'm very, I'm very time oriented, and when I walk, I walk very quickly. And like the universe, just like loves, like it's. I sometimes you're, I think you're time fed. Is, you have like a fetish. Oh, dude, time fed. It's not 100%, like 100%. yeah, it's not. Yeah, oriented is not the right word. <laughs> yeah, fetish. I do have a time fetish, and um, but like. I like to walk fast and the universe's favorite joke yeah. recently is just to put this slow, like totally open everything. And I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm going. And then the universe just likes to take the slowest person who doesn't know where the heck they're going, but they're just, they literally like will be meandering nowhere, but somehow <laughs> not even see me or not even care about me or whatever. And just get right in front of me and then just keep walking like back and forth. So I can't go around them. And it's just like, I just laugh to myself because I'm like, man, this is some crazy impatient stuff. Well, you know, you know, it's funny. I remember when I used to, when I had to commute every day for work, like I used to get so angry in the car at people for like how they drove, for slowing me down, for getting, and like just getting in front of you, you couldn't get around, whatever. And then like I realized one day, I was like, why, 
am I like, why am I making my trip, which I already, you know, already is a drive. I don't want to necessarily, why am I making this so much worse? All I'm doing is making it worse. So I started like using audiobooks and stuff and doing things that I wanted, that I could do in the car that I wanted to do. And then like, it was like, I was happy because I was like, yes, I can listen to another chapter. Like, thanks. And like, just kind of thinking about these things, seeing where we're kind of losing it and trying to think of like, how can I, how can I improve this? How can I reinterpret it? How can I make this to my advantage? Or can I just laugh at myself for being that person too? Because I am that person too. And I can't help it, you know? Like, I mean, I think that's, it's a very healthy way to look at it. Yeah. So how do we use how do we use our multiple selves to kind of have the best life to bring to have the most happiness or whatever, whatever it is we want to have the good life? How do we how do we make use of that? I think get to know them because they're a collection of values, what you value, right? All your cells are what you value, good things and bad. I mean, they're going to be everything. So get to know them because it's the more you know them, the more you know yourself, the more you're really aware of who you are at that moment. The more you're aware of what's driving you, what your goals are, why you're doing things. And I think there's that is invaluable <laughs> for getting where you want to be, you know, and it's and that's the starting point for also, I think, getting to that place that you want to be and starting to organize all these cells into a better self who you are, like the, what, you know, who you really are and using them to their full advantage because they're all also they all also are advantageous. They're like skills, you know, I mean, like. They're all skills. They're all values. They're all things that we can utilize. We just don't always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's a great suggestion, getting to know them. And I would also say be compassionate with them because it's almost like I look at them as they're like these funny little characters, like the impatient part of me. I used to get so angry with that, like so outrageously angry. At, I would be like, how could this person be on their phone walking and I would, I would literally like lose it. And now I just kind of, I, I like, I laugh to myself behind them. I'm like, could I really be this, this like <laughs> agitated by somebody walking slow? Like, is it really that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, even like I mentioned, like the addiction thing is like really hard. It's caused like so many problems at the same time. It's like, it is a part of me. If I just deny it, it'll come back. It's always going to be there. So it's better also to, I think, just be compassionate, acknowledge them. And find out how you can utilize it. Because that'll make you stronger and better in the future. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. So anything else you'd like to mention on this topic? No, I think just be aware we all have these cells. So, you know, I think we are all just a set of competing cells. Yeah, so we're not crazy. We don't have to check into the mental hospital just yet. Not yet. All right, (laughs) awesome. Yeah, I, I remember from that book, Dare, they're like, if you think you're losing your mind, you're not. So that's good to know. That's good to know. Most crazy people, I guess, think they're sane. So that's all for today's (laughs) today's episode of the Existential Stoic podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you did enjoy it, enjoy it. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you back later in the week. I'm Randy. That's Danny. I'll see you later, Danny. Later, Randy.